eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A, 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 a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash. Down, down, down the sideline. Into the end zone. From the offseason to the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step, step with your host, Sean Morash. Welcome into One Giant Step, a week 18 edition of One Giant Step. The Giants and the Eagles at MetLife Stadium to close out the year. It is Sean Morash here, free on the Odyssey app, everywhere podcasts are available. And Bryce Gelman with me. Now, before we get into the ins and outs and previewing the game and what's ahead here for the Giants as they kind of are three hours away, so to speak, from an offseason, I just want to clap it up and thanks, Bryce Gelman. Uh, for any of you who have uh, sticked to the podcast, maybe you jumped on the podcast this year. Again, free on the Odyssey app, everywhere podcasts are available. We did not have Paul Dettino with me all season long. It took us a little while to kind of hit our stride. I did a lot of these recaps by myself. But going into the games, Bryce, basically from the midway point of the season on, has been a perfect fit. Bryce, welcome in. Thank you for a good half a season. And uh, yeah, I feel like we've, we've trucked along here in the uh, second year of the Brian Dable era. Well, thank you, Sean. And I'd like to extend my, uh, my deepest gratitude and appreciation for every single person who said no to you, allowing me to come on this show. Uh, but Dettino, oh, we could go through honest. the entire list. As, as our producer James can attest, it wasn't really no to me. It might have been no to the company, but neither here nor there. Here you are, Bryce, and we are I'm on a company guy. Team. You're I'm a, a company, company man. Guy, so. A company man. There you go. Uh, all right. So Giants, Eagles, second time in three weeks. And like we alluded to ahead of the Christmas Day showdown, I, I hate this because it feels like, in a weird way, Bryce, tell me if I'm wrong. As much as Christmas Day was like interesting, it was a fun game, came down to the end, I almost feel like I'm walking away from 2024. Well, not 20, now it's 2024. The 2023 NFL season robbed of Giants Eagles. Like it's a rivalry I like, even though we constantly lose as Giant fans to the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a blood war, it's a bloodbath. But this nonsense of playing two of the final three games, 
once the Giants lost to the Saints, essentially the Giants season was over before we got a taste of Giants-Eagles. We never got a Giant-Eagle game with Daniel Jones this year. And, you know, hopefully I get Giant games with whoever the next quarterback is, Giant-Eagle games. But I, I hope this is not the scenario next year. Again, the Giants lose to the Eagles constantly. So if we can separate that for a second, it is still, in theory, a rivalry that I look forward to as a New Yorker two hours away from Philadelphia. And here we are, and it's just like ho-hum, Giants-Eagles in a meaningless final game of the season. I, I think this sucks. It really sucks that Giants-Eagles was two of the final three weeks this year. Whose idea was that? A- after after uh, the, the, the smacking that the Eagles gave the Giants in the playoffs last year to make us all wait sick. What was 16 weeks through that's what four months from the start of the season to see giants Eagles. And then a meaningless final yeah. game, which I think anyone could have, could have uh, predicted that. I mean, especially now with be- the Eagles potentially being in contention. I mean, if they didn't blow that last game against the Cardinals, they'd have the division. They would have sat everyone. So that was, Probably the most predictable thing out of all this, but why the two games in the last three weeks doesn't make sense. So I don't like two out of three weeks at any point in the season, especially the end of the season, to semi-defend the NFL. The NFL thought the Giants were going to take the next step and be good this year. Many people thought they would be, at worst, a nine-win team, something like that again, even though Vegas had them pegged for seven wins. I understand Christmas Day, standalone Giants-Eagles, if you think it's going to be meaningful in December, which, of course, we found that it wasn't. I get that. You can't turn it back two weeks later and go with the last week of the season again. It's a joke. However, I have good news. I am a scheduling nerd. It's one of the weirdest things. People, you either care about the schedule when it comes out or don't care. I always have been like, I'm already like trying to figure out what games are going to be when on wildcard weekend, that kind of fun stuff. Uh, I believe that the Giants and Eagles will not close out the year for the third straight year next year. And the reason I say that is, I am assuming the NFL is going to think the Giants won't be very good, and maybe they surprise us as the team does every year. you got to think Washington won't be very good. If the NFL has learned its lesson, the last week of the year next year in the NFC East needs to be Philly versus Dallas because you assume those two teams. By the way, if they were playing this yeah. week, it's for the division. I My intel tells me Giants, Commanders, Cowboys, Eagles to close the year next year, but watch me be wrong. You never know. Okay. Well, with well that, let's let's hope yeah. let's hope not only for that, but an extremely cupcake schedule next year. Yeah. Because if they oh, assume the, the Giants are gonna be bad, we might have a cakewalk to and, you know to wild card spot in the playoffs. Like let's hope year. the Giants are the Texans with CJ Stroud, where they have a new quarterback, a rookie quarterback, they surprise, they play well, and here they are in the last week playing for something. That let's by the way, That's I signed that ask. right now. That's a right big now. ass Sean. Oh, they got the coach and they have better players, you know, than probably the Texans had played. We're a playoff team. You're going, I'm signing for that right now. With that, you know, the interesting storylines around this game. Let's start it with Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley spoke this week uh multiple times to the media ahead of this game with the Eagles because we are in a scenario where Saquon Barkley could again be playing his final game as a Giant. Last year, you thought that in the playoffs, there was a chance, although that franchise take kind of loomed, but it was a little different. People thought maybe they franchised Daniel Jones and Saquon seeks elsewhere. Saquon this week went out of his way to say, while he has had the dream of finishing his career with the Giants, he can no longer uh, you know, proclaim that. And by the way, as he should proclaim, because if you learned anything from how cutthroat last week, last year's negotiations were, of course. Saquon Barkley, it's almost amazing to think about, doesn't miss a single practice in training camp this year, and we all thought we were steamrolling there. He gets hurt in week two, 
typical Saquon gets banged up for a few weeks, comes back, was a workhorse of time. It's been the same cycle of Saquon Barkley. I've gone back and forth on this. If the Giants don't bring back Saquon Barkley, I personally am fine with it because maybe it forces the organization to understand you can't just rely on a running back, but instead a running game, which I hope that they go through that. However, softy Sean here, Bryce, has changed his tune on something. I'm okay if Saquon comes back on a semi-long-term deal, as long as they're not paying him $16 million a year in Christian McCaffrey money. And now, Bryce, you might say, well, Sean, he's going to hit the free agency market. He's going he's gonna to look for that kind of money. You know, reading the tea leaves, reading Saquon a little bit, and also just understanding the market, I think the Giants may not franchise him. I think they may say, Saquon, go out, go test that open market. I don't think Saquon Barkley is going to get the amount of money per year and years more than the Giants were willing to offer. And the Giants, by the way, last year, those reports were 11 mil, 12 mil. I think in this realm, that's probably where Saquon goes. Remember, Tony Pollard going to be a free agent again for the Cowboys. Josh Jacobs going to be, and I know those guys technically not as good, but mm, you get the drift. Uh, we've seen rookies, take, Kyron Williams get drifted. Just more logs on the fire in that anti-paying running back thing. I kind of think that when the dust settles, Saquon, this will not be the last game for Saquon Barkley as a New York Giant. I think the Giants will come to some kind of three-year deal that's really like a two-year deal where they pay him double digits and millions. But I also think it might be the smart thing, Bryce, because you and I, we cannot disagree on this seemingly, even if we wanted to. We are both in lockstep that we think the Giants will and should find their way to a franchise quarterback in the first round. Well, guess what the best way to help support a franchise quarterback outside of offensive line help is? Probably the veteran running back, Saquon Barkley, much like my colleague Tiki Barber in those first couple of years of Eli Manning uh, before Eli finally had his wings and sword after Tiki retired. Your thoughts, Bryce? So I was going to echo your sentiments until you got to the part where you know, this wishful thinking that the Giants are going to re-sign Saquon I do think that they're going to let him walk to, you know, to, to try to find a better offer out there. He's not going to be able to find one. So I think we're in lockstep with that. Do I think that he is going to come back to the Giants after all of that? It remains to be seen. I'd say like 40, 60, the point where it could happen. It, it very likely could happen considering his injury history, considering his, his age, uh, that another team doesn't come out and offer him the money that the Giants will offer him, but he's going to want to come back. Before you finish your point, I, I think that just to you know, kind of narrow this line down to where we are on this, let's admit that, well, I shouldn't tell you what to admit. Maybe you didn't feel this way. I'm sorry for saying this. I'm going to be very nice and lovey-dovey on my right way out right. the door of the season. Let's just say this. A year ago, when they slapped the franchise tag and it seemed very hostile, did we think that we would get to a point week 18 where it was even in the realm of possibility the Giants would give Saquon a long-term deal? I would have thought that was crazy. So the fact yeah, that we're no. even having this conversation shows you how different the world has changed here. I think they've just seen that they don't want to exhaust the assets required to, you know, to get another serviceable running back at this point. They still think that they can milk maybe a few more years out of Saquon Barkley out. We we assumed and we spoke about the Seahawks pick that the, the Giants got for Leonard Williams, assuming that it would be, you know, let's say like late second round. But now it's turning out to be the Giants are going to have three top 45 overall selections in this upcoming draft. Are they going to want to 
waste a second round pick one of the two of them on a running back i doubt it i doubt mm, it and maybe. at that point it look it, it could be enticing it, it, that it, justifies it, totally, it more it's way better it, than wasting the second overall pick on a running back it could be enticing it, it could be enticing for the giants but i do think going forward that if there is a possibility they can get saquon barkley back after letting him go out and seek other better offers potentially to come back and to bring it back down to earth. It's not personal, Saquon. It's business. It's not your fault. It's not the Giants' fault. They're not all willing to offer you the money that you believe that you are deserve. It's not how it works in the NFL these days, especially for an extremely injury-prone running back who is nearing the, the, the mid to late 20s in, in your career. He is at his late 20s at this point. So this is not an ideal situation for him. This is not an ideal situation for any of the running backs that you mentioned, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard. It's not going to happen for any of these guys. They're going to think, okay, my team is screwing me. They're going to franchise tag me. They're, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they're going to go out. And maybe the idiotic team like the Panthers throws $12, $13 million at someone. But I don't see the majority of the franchises in the NFL offering these guys money because at the end of the day, as good as they could be, they are not the be-all, end-all in the NFL. There's a reason why their value is so low. It's because they're all expendable. Yep. Sans Christian McCaffrey. That's the one guy, maybe. I mean, you, you could look at Carolina, Robinson. by the way, the team you gave the example of threw the money at, then threw money, more money at Miles Sanders, and still ended up with Chuba Hubbard as the starting running back. Exactly. You can't predict any of this. You can't. And, and, and no matter how much you feel slighted by the team that drafted you, the team that offered you money, it's not personal, Saquon. So I think that he's realized that over this year. I think that that's why you see the, the, see the change in attitude from not only the, the, the front office, but Saquon as well, that he knows that there really isn't that much of a market outside of New York for him. The fact that he missed even more games because of his high ankle sprain – that put a, a you know a hamper on this value, that 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 he uh, assumed that he would say how I think, I think it's damper, not hamper. Damper. I I was in the middle of. <laughs> I don't think you put a I was laundry in the of, like, hamper on the value. I was in the middle of like three different words right there, so I decided to go like the mix <laughs> of the two. All right, whatever. He, it could I'm getting called out by Sean but you, Ash, okay. Yeah, it could hamper something, but it would not put a hamper on his value. Okay, I was close. I was close. Let's say. Uh, all right, all right. I never said that, and you know. I'm yeah, echoing Mike Francesa. Okay. I'm yeah. echoing Mike Francesa. I never said that. You just, just strike that from the record. No, but but seriously, this is a tough situation for all of these NFL running backs. And I was of the belief that the Giants would probably be in a better position if they went out and drafted a guy. I don't think that it's worth it to, uh, you know, to devote any one of these, you know, top three picks that they'll have uh, to a running back. If they want to, you know, let's say they want to take a shot at a third, fourth round guy. Fine. By all means, do it. Because I don't want Matt Breida as the backup running back anymore. So they need a backup running back. And if you want it to be your guy, potentially going forward, a Tony Pollard, who you, you don't draft that high, who turns out to be the successor to Ezekiel Elliott, then by all means, go and do it. And find your next yeah. successor for Saquon Barkley. And I wonder how much of Saquon's presence hampered this. But... It just right. Nick Chubb goes down. Jerome Ford takes off. We talked about Kyron Williams on the Rams. And the, those are just two examples. Teams are constantly finding running backs late. It's just amazing that the Giants took Eric Gray and it felt like that was going to be kind of that. And he got hurt this year. He was awful at a punt return position. Uh, I mean, he's been involved semi more last week. I'm not ready to throw out his giant career. 
But, I mean, the Giants just feel so weird sometimes at evaluating some of these positions, running back being one of them, including offensive line. Okay, so Giant fans heading into MetLife Stadium Sunday. Bottom line is this. Could it be Saquon's last game as a Giant? Of course it could be. Uh, I don't think that's as certain as maybe it would have felt like preseason by the time the year ends. Another Giant future on the coaching side, Wink Martindale. There was that report from Jay Glazer a few weeks ago about there potentially being a rift. In doing some digging myself, which has been out there, other people have done the same kind of digging. There might have been some conflict centering around when Xavier McKinney kind of called out a certain play and the coaching staff and maybe the handling of Xavier McKinney a little bit, where and perhaps Wink Martindale to you know further that extent doesn't love the way Brian Dable is a bit of a screamer, not to make anybody laugh, a bit of a yeller a little bit. Wink Martindale's more like laid back cool, and the coaching styles could clash a little bit. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wink Martindale met the media on Thursday uh, and was asked about this. And now the audio really stinks. If you've heard it, it's been all over online because it's like a really windy day outside uh, the Meadowlands service. But essentially, Wink Martindale said, you know, at the end of the year, this thing's going to clear up. But he did utter the words, I don't see why I wouldn't be back. Now, that could be taken one of two ways. That could be taken as he knows he's going to be gone and therefore wants to put whoever's pushing him out the door, Brian Dable, Joe Shane, John Mara, et cetera, make them look bad because he's playing innocent. Or, you know what? That report of a couple weeks ago, things have changed. The Giants played better since then. They had won those couple games with Tommy DeVito and company. Um, the Giants hung in there with Philadelphia. And it does feel like from the time that Glazer report came out, that was right at the beginning of the DeVito stuff before he really took off, the aura, even though it's been more losses than wins, has kind of changed around the Giants, right? Exactly. The Giants don't feel like a locker room disaster. It doesn't feel like a coaching staff disaster. I got to be honest. I'm at the point, Bryce, where, of course, I could see Wink Martindale being gone, but now I really would be disappointed if those two as grown men, Dable and Wink Martindale, couldn't figure this out. When you consider, you know, Flott, Deontay Banks, to a lesser extent, Cave on because he should work for anybody. But the Giants, the last two years, the pieces they've used – defensively in the draft uh, free agency, signing a guy like Bobby O'Karake, a middle linebacker, uh, the development of, of Micah McFadden, you know, all these things, it's supposed to go hand in hand with the style of defense that Wink Martindale wants to play. And it would just feel like weird. If all of a sudden you're going to rip that up and fight, you can't come to agreement when you're building the team this way for a perfect fit at the coordinator. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth because I think everything has changed, obviously, since the Glazer report. We mentioned the Giants have actually been competitive. But I think more along the lines with the fact that 
just from what you see, that there isn't this negative, as you said, aura surrounding the team anymore. Like this team understands where they're at. They understand, they understood that they got the, the short end of the stick early on in the year. They lost some games they shouldn't have lost, but now they are at a spot where they're competing against much better teams. I mean, I, you, you obviously don't, you know, don't mention the, the Saints game, but when the Giants have wanted to compete and when they've actually played their own game, they have been a competitive football team. So losses aside, you know, Mason Crosby duck hooked kicks aside, this team <laughs> is competing. This team understands that they could be in a spot to again, make the playoffs next year. If they address some of these, uh, the, if they plug some of these holes that they could be in a much better spot. And I think that if Wink Martindale is not getting any head coaching offers, then I think at this point he's probably going to stay, Sean. I just, I don't know. I, I think the first point you brought up could obviously be true, that he could just be trying to, you know, get out in front of the story and and change the, the, the public's perception of what he's about to do. I don't think that that's very likely. And if it happens, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit that I was wrong. But I just don't get those vibes anymore. I think that Dable and Wink have a good working relationship. I think they've proven to be successful in tandem. And I think that there isn't a reason why Wink is going to go and make a lateral move that isn't going to be in a better spot for this under a better head coach. That I I think consciously now Dable is is a top 10 NFL head coach. I think when he actually tries to win, goes for two, shows the balls that he has. I think the Giants, you know, they've proven and he's proven to be one of the top coaches in the league. Who else is he going to go to that is a better head coach? But forget the who's he going to go to because remember, it wouldn't, it would be on Wink, but it wouldn't. Wink Martindale's under contract. He can't just leave for a lateral move unless the Giants are the ones saying, see you later, get out of here. So it would be more more the Dable decision. Now they could come to a mutual decision, but Wink Martindale can't just ask for it if they want him to stay. All right. They would let it. They would let him out at that point. I sure, think they would. But that would also let him to, go. But that would speak to they want him gone. Yes. You know what I mean? Not, you know, well, okay. I mean, I, it would be more mutual, and I feel like they would give him, you know, the sleight of hand. I feel like they'd be like, "All right, you know, you want to leave? Go." Yeah. All right. I don't think it would be. It would. It would definitely be on his own volition. I think. Well, let's talk about this other guy in that relationship. That's Brian Dable. We as fans have had disagreements. Not me and you personally, but as a fan base. Are you all in on tanking? Are you all in on winning? And pre-Tommy DeVito's wins, I wanted them to essentially lose to the Patriots, probably lose to the Commanders. Oh, by the way, look up now at Week 18. Who are the Giants competing with at the top of the draft board? Those teams that they beat. Imagine had they lost those games. But whatever. Probably culture-wise, I guess you could argue it was good the Giants got competitive. They're still in the mix for one of these quarterbacks, even if it's not the first overall pick. And they may very well decide to pull some kind of trade-up maneuver when the draft comes like the Bears did a year ago. All of that is on the table. I thought last week versus the Rams, while Brian Dable would never admit this, and while they were clearly competitive versus the Rams, I think Brian Dable threaded the needle a little bit. I think he threaded the needle a little bit on, were they really all in the win? Were they really all in the win? And I wonder what this week is going to look like. Brian Dable, undoubtedly, as a head coach, and this is very hard to do, I understand that, had his team ready to play the Rams, and they will be revved up and ready to play the Eagles. I think that they're going to go, 
you know, all out. I think the players will go all out, put stuff on film. But when it comes to certain decisions, I think Brian Dable is going to be fascinating in this game on does he do stuff kind of like, yeah, you know, the season's over, whatever happens, happens. I think he might. And like making decisions, whereas if they go good, you know what? We had some fun. If they go bad, well, that's okay too, because you know what? It's all right if we lose this game. I thought last week, the two-point conversion, which Terod Taylor was a disaster. I mean, the fact that he could not convert that pass, you know, that decision. And then late, not for nothing, the play calls that set up a field goal that I think everybody and their mother who watched Mason Crosby kick at his end of his Packer career knew he was not going to make a field goal in MetLife Stadium of over 55 yards. The play call set up to make sure that field goal was of long distance. Boy, I know Kafka is the one calling plays. (laughs) Boy, that was it was real eerie. It was almost like, hey, look, if he boots this long field goal, we won the game, but I am not gonna make this a chip shot around everybody. I am sorry, call me a conspiracy theorist. That's what the end of last week felt like. And I am curious in this Eagle game. The Eagles are gonna have to play hard. Gonna be interesting if Dallas is blowing out the commanders if the Eagles start pulling starters in the fourth quarter, knowing it won't matter. What Brian Dable does in a chess match back, that scenario is on the table. Is is the full starters going to be out there in the fourth quarter of a game if they look up at the scoreboard and the commanders are losing 35-7 and suddenly Nick Sirianni says, you know what, i got to pull Jalen Hurts, i got to pull A.J. Brown, we're calling off the dogs. Is Brian Dable going to coach that fourth quarter to win or is he going to start pulling back some of the guys? i got to be honest, Bryce, I-, I, think he- I think he will call off some dogs late if the Eagles choose to do that. And I think there might be some decisions that, you know, if you know, you know kind of deal. I don't know, Sean. I really don't know what to expect in this situation because I, I I do have to agree with you. In this last game against the Rams, there were a bunch of questionable decisions where I was like, you know what? Hey, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, eh, whatever. Right. Especially at the end of that first half going for it on fourth and two from your yeah. own 40, 40, whatever yard line. Uh, I think what Dable has done, though, is whatever has happened, he has given his players the hope that he is trying to win, but people who watch the Giants a thousand times like you, you know, the beat reporters, they could see that there is a whole other side to this, that that Brian Dable isn't doing everything he wants to do to have them win. And here's the thing that I will say that kind of frustrates me at this point is what did we see Brian Dable do at the start of the year? Kicking field goals on fourth and one from their, you know, from the opposing 23 yard. And he now was he's like, going- yeah. Playing so conservative, and all of a sudden, now he's Dan Campbell? Where was that the entire year? Where yeah. was that from week one on? Where was that week one in 2022 against the Titans at the end of the game, going for two instead of sucking you know, sucking up and, and kicking the extra point? Where has that been? And all of a sudden, it's here now. And it's actually helped the Giants play a little bit better, and, and it has given this team a little bit more hope. But it's, a, it's, it's an interesting question that you pose at the end of this this. Uh, this upcoming Eagles game because I do think that they should. Will they though? I don't know because that's going to be a, a clear throwing of the, of the towel game. The game will, ha- will dictate that is my point. You know, uh, you know, if the giants cook out and they go up three tut, then it is what it is. He can't really help that be very interesting, but that thought leave that in mind is going to lead us to our fantasy versus reality segment to close out this podcast. Okay. 
and light bulb off. Well, how does that thought lead us into fantasy versus reality? The same bit we do at the end of every one giant step preview weekend, our final fantasy versus reality of the year. I will tell you how Bryce allow me to start this off. If you will. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. My fantasy play. Remember, if you play in an accurate fantasy football league, your fantasy football season is over. You should not be competing in week 18 if you are. Good luck signing some backup turd quarterback to help you get through the week. But with that, whatever sports book you like to play with, player props, right? That is the new wave of fantasy football. You could bet on any player prop you want. Boy, do I have the player prop for you. And it ties into whether Brian Dable is going to coach or not. Folks, atop of Saquon Barkley, there's another New York Giant who assuredly is playing his final game as a Giant. He spoke to the media as well. It's Sterling Shepard, as Bryce whispers into the microphone. Sterling Shepard, who's gotten his token snaps throughout the year, dropped a major pass last week, got really frustrated. Clearly, he's had a frustrating year and has vocalized, you know, not necessarily happy with his role, but look, he was on the roster this year. He may end up a coach on this team if his career is over. If not, maybe he signed somewhere else. There are a couple things to note with Sterling Shepard. You don't know this. Maybe you do. If you don't, I'm going to tell you. Sterling Shepard is two catches away from tying Jeremy Shockey for fifth all-time in the Giants' receptions list. Three receptions away from joining, from passing Jeremy Shockey, fifth all-time in the receptions list. Everybody above him on that list, outside of Jeremy Shockey, in the top four on the receptions list, is in the Giants' ring of honor. Sterling Shepard. Long time now, New York Giant, eight years, has battled back from injury after injury, well-respected locker room guy, well-respected guy by ownership. That is a number, three receptions, that will become very important in that locker room, I think, from, from above. And in a game like this where, you know, it doesn't really matter, even if it matters, do I think Sterling Shepard is going to play a few more snaps in this game? And do I think they might try to telegraph some throws to get Sterling Shepard? They become fifth all-time in that list. I think Daves is going to take care of him here. Sterling Shepard, I just checked a couple of sportsbooks. The reception number is not set yet. It will be likely at a half or one and a half receptions because I'm, that's I'm kind of where the hammering average bet is a half. If Look they even the offer it, that's the thing. They may not well, even offer it. Because or they the alternate receptions. I'm sure there's a sports book where you could find the alternate receptions. On top of that, plus 1,000 because I've already bet it at FanDuel. I'll give you the sports book away, FanDuel. Plus 1,000. Who score a touchdown? 10 bucks wins you 100 bucks, something like that. To score a touchdown, beer and pizza money, as Nick Costos likes to say, who I was talking to before the show on this. That is going to be my fantasy play. Sterling Shepard's going to get in the mix. Remember, he scored that last touchdown versus Dallas when it didn't matter. Remember that with Tommy DeVito at the end? They threw a touchdown to him at the end. The, last year in this spot, week 18 was when Kenny Galladay got his only touchdown as a giant, as they worked him into plenty of snaps as well. I think in the red zone, some of those Isaiah Hodgins snaps we've seen, I think they're going to go to Sterling Shepard in this game, and I think they're going to treat Sterling Shepard like some kind of giant legend, which he really isn't, even though I like Sterling Shepard, and he's going to get more looks. Now, he has to catch the ball. He has to do all that. Sterling Shepard is going to find his way to three receptions, or at least they're going to try to get him three receptions in this game, and it would not shock me if they got cute in the red zone and threw it to him. Now, how does that tie in? Well, if you're really playing to win, Sterling Shepard's snap should probably be very limited in this game, but this is one of those avenues where I think they're going to work it in. So Sterling Shepard, my player prop fantasy play the game. Again, three receptions. He goes to fifth all-time. Anytime touchdown right now is at plus 1,000. Uh, by the time the millions who listen to this podcast hear this, maybe that number 
will dip. Okay, reality of the game. The Giants are going to win this game. They're the only team seemingly that has lost to Philadelphia while they've been on this slide the last few weeks. And how did they lose to them? Well, bad refereeing, but bad mistakes. The penalties that killed them. It's mistake-free football. Get Jalen Hurts frustrated and get up early. I know that these third quarters have haunted the Eagles. Arizona, Seattle, those are the games where the Eagles have crumbled out of the half. But, man, if you put a seed of doubt in the Eagles early in this game, if you're really looking to win, the way they've been feeling, that seems like a tumultuous locker room. Giants somehow find their way to a 7-10 point lead, just mistake-free football early. I think the reality is the Eagles can crumble this game themselves. They seem very fragile at this point. So it's going to be more about just making the Eagles overthink things. And I think that if you're looking for a giant win on the way out the door, if you're not all in on the tank, to me, that's the reality of finding a way to win. What do I think will happen? Uh, I think it's going to be very similar to Christmas Day. I, I think the Giants are going to play a closer game. If you would have asked me a month ago and told me the Eagles have a chance to play for the division if the Cowboys lose, I would tell you, you know, the Giants go get crushed by three touchdowns. I don't feel that way anymore. I don't think the Giants are going to win the game. So I'm going to lay that out there. But I think I just don't trust the Eagles right now either. They will find their way. I actually think A.J. Brown scores a touchdown in this game. But the Giants will bring it all they can. I'm just going to take the Eagles 27-23 in this game. Close down to the fourth quarter. They will cover the spread. Ultimately, the Eagles win. Bryce, take it away. So... I, I'm going to start off by saying, you know, I, I get that it's week 18 and I, I understand that. Uh, can, can we use other other players on the other yeah. team? Sure. Okay, cool. Okay. Give me Philadelphia. I don't care. Okay. Okay. So we'll I'm going to start this off. You know, anytime touchdown, Boston Scott. If it didn't this, happen it, on Christmas. It didn't. And that's why it's even more likely to happen this time because he's going to regress back to the mean with the Giants if this game gets ugly, like I think it might get for either one of the teams, Boston Scott is going to be the lead back in this game. There's no doubt about it. They're not going to try God forbid that that Swift gets hurt, Gainwell gets hurt. Even yeah, even Gainwell, he's been a, a big part in this terrible offense the past few weeks. Uh, you know, I don't even know. Rashad Penny, does he even suit Barely. up? He might. Yeah. So it's going to be between Penny or Boston Scott. I take Boston Scott anytime touchdown. I have no idea what it is right now. I don't know what's up with DraftKings because I just looked it up and they don't offer me anything on on Sterling Shepard. They're very wishy washy with well. To be fair, to be fair, we're taping this on a Thursday night. Yeah, no, I get that. Books are trying to get their stuff in order on who's playing and who's not because it's a very dicey. I would call this a vulnerable week for the books as far as who's playing and who's not. Also, vulnerable week for the people who bet. Because you could bet on the guy and he doesn't play. Yeah, but so. if you put up a normal number on somebody, it would be a normal week, and you hammered under now, the book can get burned. Can absolutely Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. But, okay, so that's my that's my. Boston Scott is only man. plus 320 right now on FanDuel. Okay, I'm not different. taking that. I, I take that back. I take that back. What's uh, what's Boston Scott 40-plus? Uh, how about Boston Scott 50-plus receiving and rushing yards? Don't have the yardage stuff yet. They just probably the won't give that up. If they do give that up, take – Boston Scott, 50-plus, over 50 uh, receiving and rushing yards combined. I think that, that should hit. I don't understand. I mean, the, the same thing was in the Christmas game where Boston Scott was like plus 250 or something like that, where he barely plays. Makes no sense. I bet this, I think, last year, about, it was the last game Giants 
Giants Eagles. I put Boston Scott in a parlay. His odds were, you know, what they are right now. He's plus 300, 350. They didn't have Swift at the time, but I, I took that a hit. Uh, but I, I would take the same. And maybe if those odds change on the anytime touchdown, I'd take that as well or part of a, of a parlay. But that's my pick. I think the reality of this game, I've seen this script play out way too many times, Sean, in New York sports. The Giants are going to win this game. They're going to screw themselves out of a top four pick. I, 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 I've seen it happen way too many times, Sean. Think about, think back to 2015 where the Knicks, I understand different sport, different team. Yeah. It's the same thing in New York. It always happens. 2015, the Knicks win three out of the last four games. They, they fall to two in the draft lottery. Number one's the Timberwolves. They get the first pick. They get Carl Anthony Towns. I worked out. The Giants got Kristaps Porzingis, but this is not the same situation because there is no draft lottery. And if the Giants lose this game, I don't know the exact uh, statistic. and I don't have it in front of me, but I believe the Giants will fall out of the top five into the 7-8 range, 6-7 It seven, all depends range. on all the weird strength of schedule stuff and who wins. Who lo- There's a lot to be decided on Sunday. So reasonably, they'll fall into the 5-7 to seven or 8 range, maybe even back to 9. Uh, the Giants are going in this game. I don't know why. I've got a terrible feeling about it. It's going to happen, and we're all going to be miserable about it because the Giants will miss out on a generational quarterback prospect, or they'll have to pony up a lot more than they would have if they would lose this game if they do, in fact, win it if they want to trade up for a quarterback. I think the Giants win this game. I think 34-31. I think it's a high-scoring game. No matter what happens, I think that the Giants keep this close. I think at the end, they can't help themselves but to put this game away, they win the game, and we are all going to be sitting here for the next uh, five, six years thinking, why do the Giants win this game? Because that's how it works in New York, Sean. I just have a terrible feeling about it. I hope they lose this game. I really do. But if they do win this game, I don't want to be on the wrong side of it. I'm calling you right now. The Giants are going to win the game. Boy, what a way to end the preview pods this season. Bryce Gelman disappointed in a giant win. Imagine telling us at the beginning of the year the Giants could beat the Eagles in week 18. We'd all be, oh, my God. And it feels like the worst thing in the world. Well, Bryce, where can everybody get you on Twitter here, bud? At Bryce Gelman. It's in uh, it's my name right there, at Bryce yeah, Gelman. Well, for the audio people, you Oh, jerk. wait, I hope that this isn't the end. I mean, no, we'll be doing some no, off-season stuff. Matter of fact, I think we need you. And for the record, folks. I don't think it makes much sense for me to pump out of one giant step on Monday following the final game, only because Monday is Black Monday. We mentioned Wink of Hartendale, Mike Kafka. Let's just let some dust settle, and I think Tuesday is the better day to see if anything pops on Monday. Uh, as ter- you know, post you know, who's really going to care about the breakdown of the actual ins and outs of the game? It's going to be more about setting up the offseason. Maybe we do this together, Bryce, on Tuesday. Well, now that I'm thinking about Tuesday, I have Nick's sweet tickets. We'll figure this out. That's we will fi- We will be back early this week. <laughs> uh, all right, early next week. You can follow me at Sean Morris. Thanks to our producer, James, as well. Thank you to all the listeners every Friday, Saturday, whenever you were listening to this podcast on the preview pods. Thank you, everybody, for taking one giant step with us. <laughs>